Start the thing. Let's start the thing. You mean the Orange Peripheral episode two? I didn't think we would be making any more episodes. Hmm. Do you really have that much faith in us? Or lack of there? Lack thereof. Don't ask me to think, please. Well, we're off to a great start. Well, uh, what do you say we get this thing going? Uh, You want to get things started? Uh, yeah, we actually, th- this is something I thought of after I posted the first episode. I put it in the description saying, if there's anything you want to ask us, whether it be, you know, about the quote unquote show or anything like that, I said, post it in the comments and we'll cover it in the next one. So we actually got a couple, which is two more than I thought we were going to get. We are men of our word. You ask us questions, we will answer them. So we are going to answer the t- the two questions that we got okay. from our first episode. Uh, okay, so the best one, and, and this was the first one that showed up. Will this be put on iTunes? Well, uh, the Take podcast has already planned to be on iTunes, and uh, I had pitched this to the Nisco and said, hey, I should go ahead and set up a feed, and you know, if we're going to bring the Orange Peripheral back, we should definitely put this on iTunes if it's going to be an actual honest-to-God podcast. And so my journey began. He said, go ahead and uh, take care of that. I'll, I'll leave it in your capable hands. And so I said, all right. So I set out to find an RSS feed that I can use for iTunes. And I figured out a way to make a YouTube playlist into an RSS feed. So I downloaded two programs... One didn't load, and the other one gave me a garbage feed that iTunes didn't even accept. So, that so that's out. And then uh, after that, I looked into some free web hosting. You know, I can upload the files to the server and you know go from there. Uh, guess what? You should not go with free web hosting. It is a dangerous, dark place of the internet that should never be mentioned. Oh no! You did you did you get a virus? No, 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 no. I, I didn't get a virus, but uh, it's just real bad mojo there. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, very, very shady, and uh, <laughs> you, you get shit customer support, and it's it's just not good. Oh, well, yeah. uh, well, finally, I found um, the YouTube's RSS feed that's in every single channel, so I figured, hey, I'd use that, but iTunes didn't accept that either. So, hmm, well, maybe if I make my own feed from that playlist, maybe iTunes would accept it then. So <gasps> I went to the site. I went to the site called feed43.com, but you pronounce it feed for free. It's how you can make your your own oh. custom-made RSS feed. Fucking awesome, right? Fucking complicated is what it is. <laughs> I had to learn... It, no, 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 no. It, it's not like some, you know, click a couple things, bam, there's your feed. No, 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 no. I had to learn some basic programming skills to figure this out. Jesus. It took me two hours. Finally, I had a feed. It worked. It didn't look great, but it looked fine enough. I put it to iTunes. Still didn't accept it. So, yeah. Two more hours later, I tried something else called FeedBurner. It seemed to be a little bit more uh, intuitive, you know. I got, a, I got a better feed that seemed to work, but iTunes still wouldn't accept it. It was still giving me the hmm. same error message. So, at this point, I'm tearing my hair out. I am holding my head in my hands. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm about ready to give up. And then it was when you started texting me and uh, said that you know, I, was, I was really close or whatever. And then uh, I got to thinking, after I sent you a text, it was saying, like, uh, iTunes didn't like my playlist. Like, it couldn't grab the files. It couldn't grab the files. Hmm. I, think what, I think what was happening is that uh, the feed was looking at the playlist, which gives you just a YouTube URL, and that's not what iTunes wants. iTunes wants the raw audio. So I was thinking, all right, fine. Maybe I can just uh, make a, a blog with the raw audio and uh, just set it up like that. Well, two more hours later, <laughs> I had a WordPress blog, <laughs> I uploaded my stuff to archive.org, and I had a, a feed burner feed that actually worked. And and I went into iTunes, and it almost went through! Almost? 
Almost! And it was it was progress because I just had to change the, the, the cover image or whatever, but finally, after six hours, I had Jesus. our feed up and submitted. Holy so shit. here we are. Holy, Holy fuck. It was... It, it was probably the most fun I've had with a programming uh, dilemma ever. It's... <laughs> oh, wow. it was fun. I was applaud you for going through all that bullshit. It's about time you did something around here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you're probably going to kill me in my sleep. <laughs> your point. Your point has validation. <laughs> so there's your answer. It is. It is now on iTunes? It is now on iTunes, yes. Yep, absolutely free. So if you actually want to listen to us talk like idiots for an hour, you are now able to do it on your phone slash iPod slash, uh, well, that'd be the only things, actually, any Apple products. But remember, we are under the explicit tag because fuck! <laughs> and, and that's all, just just a big old fuck, and then we're done. Good night, everybody. Hey, all right. Yeah. All right, so we got another question. Um, and actually, I, I just want to read the comments, okay? Because um, two of them were really close together. One of them was... That was a rather in, that was rather enjoyable, guys. Oh, yeah, you seem a little hesitant at times, but that'll get better. Pretty good start. And then uh, down a little ways. This is actually where the question comes in. Um, I've got a question. What is the origin of the name the Orange Peripheral? And we'll get to that. But uh, later on in that comment, it says, "I don't really have any problem. The only problem that I had is that you guys sound a little nervous or hesitant while you talk." But I'm sure that's the way, the way to fix that is just to get used to doing a podcast. I'm afraid to talk on the internet. Wait, there's people watching this? Shit. <laughs> that wasn't part of the plan. Oh my god, that wasn't part of the plan. If we sound nervous or hesitant, you know, we're sorry. We're just really shooting the shit trying to fill up an hour with random crap. <laughs> A, a lot, a lot of crap. Actually, um, oh, what was I going to say? That's kind of a contradiction, isn't it? They're actually watching a an audio file. Too, too much, too much complicated stuff. You're thinking too hard. Why don't we get to the actual question? Uh, the origin of sure. the orange peripheral's name. Sure. I uh, I actually did a stream tonight, and somebody asked that exact same question. So. Let's consider this like the Joker's backstory. It's multiple choice. Let's see what you have to say first, and then I'll chime in on what I think the origination of this name was. Go ahead. Really, I was going to say I have no idea what the origin was. Okay. So so let me go with my version of the story, and uh, it's kind of like the ending of Clue. What if it happened this way? Anyway. Basically, a lot of bad choices were made back in 2007, and I, I think we all agreed that... We wanted it to have a somewhat catching name, have it something have to do with video games, no matter how silly it was, and then add something to make it sound worse. So basically, like, what's the first thing you can think of when, you know, thinking video games? You know, you're looking around, it's like, games, no, that sucks. It's too generic. Uh, looking around, what was the current console at the time? Is Xbox 360. No, that sucks. Um, what's something different and something that nobody has ever used a peripheral we are a tool so after that what can we add to it to make it both catching and silly sounding let's go back to the oh. xbox 360 here hmm. uh, that's that's just what i was about to say the 360 we were... is a shade of white that sucks uh, the uh, ps3 it's black None of us had it back then. The Wii is white. Go figure, it's the same as the 360. Shit! We need something! Orange! You were close. Sure. Your guess was very close, but you seem to forget one thing. I say go back to the Xbox 360 because there was a certain thing on it that was very, very eye-catching at the time, around 2007. A little something called the Orange Box. That's right! I completely forgot about that. I didn't. <laughs> that was the biggest game at the time, at least for us, because we got to play Portal. And because we got to play Half-Life as well, and it actually told us that shooters were actually good. Shooters are still good in this world. Exactly. There, There is good. If you look close enough in your heart, you can find the orange box. 
I think that was kind of like our first uh, experience with Valve as well, because we weren't really big PC gamers at the time. The, to be honest, were we actually even gamers? Yeah, we. I was. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I, I think the. I actually remember back in school, I think the, the joke that won you over was making fun of Resident Evil 4 because I'm original like that. Resident Evil 4 was what brought us together, actually. It was that fucking Napoleon guy. <laughs> Mr. Kennedy. Yes, Mr. Kennedy. So good <laughs> that you have come. And then, of course... And it was that voice. He just he just turned to me in school that, that one time. He was like, that's pretty good. And then the rest is history. Right, and uh, probably one of the funniest things is when we found out that uh, the main bad guy, Sadler, was voiced by the guy who does the gopher in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so so we're just running around and thinking, Osman Sadler, you say? <laughs> just talking like the gopher. And there you go. There's your history lesson on where this name and concept came from. But if you really weren't listening... And, well, really what it is, it just kind of sounded cool. Orange peripheral. Orange peripheral. Sounds cool, so we stuck with it. Just rolls right off the tongue. Rolls, yeah, it's, 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 it's a perfect-sounding name. It's great. I've got one more comment on here, and this, this is pretty funny. I didn't know that Niskel and UDJ had their own podcast channel till now. Neither did I! <laughs> That's just what I was thinking. I was like, it didn't exist until now. So there you go. Is that all the questions that we got then? That's all we have. So if any of you have any questions for us for about what we're doing, be sure to leave them in the comments below and uh, we'll both read them and then we'll come up with the answers the next time we do a podcast. So any and all questions are good except for the stupid ones. We got to fill an hour somehow. <laughs> yeah, clearly we need material being improv artists that we are. Yeah, because we think up words really fastly. Is fastly a word? Is it? You I just ruin the whole thing. You ruin the whole thing. Well, okay, if you're going to be like that, what's your topic? Smash Brothers! Yes! This is being recorded the day, the morning after it came out. I had to look at the clock there for a second, and I've been playing it for the past six hours. So, yeah, uh, you apparently have a... Uh, th this is, like, just hot off of your stream from Smash Brothers. We're just recording this afterwards. And I came in at the very, very end. Like, you've already gotten offline. Everybody's already left. That's when I showed up. Right as it was ending. You're like, hi, guys! What's going on? Huh? I heard things went wrong. Uh... Not exactly. Basically what... I don't know if it's OBS or if it's just my internet, but every hour on the hour, not going by clock, but going by OBS's time on how long I've been streaming, mm -hmm. whenever it hit 60 minutes of streaming, it would cut out and then come back. So almost every hour it would die. I would pause the game and wait for the stream to come back. It wasn't like it was losing connection or anything. It was just dying. Thank you for using the trial version of OBS. I that that might be it, but it's a free software anyway. So maybe I just need to update it. I haven't updated it in like five years in the one year that I've had it. So yeah, I I'm not sure. Maybe it is a problem with OBS. I might have to do some research, but. Other than that, it went really well. All I had to use was my 3DS capture card, and we were golden for footage. I have not picked it up yet, unfortunately. Yeah, I also called you out on this. You're going to be the one that waits on it because it needs to be on a console for you. Because it's always been on a console for me. It's been on a console from the 64, on the GameCube, on the Wii, and it just makes sense for it to be on the Wii U. When I heard it was coming for the 3DS, I was like, uh... You know, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm probably still going to get it anyway, but it's not on my priority list at all right now. And see, that's a, that's a topic that a lot of people bring up. The convenience of Smash Brothers on the go is what made people buy it. But you sacrifice so much when you get the 3DS version. I don't know. There's, there's a bit of... The, the court's still out on that one. 
The jury's still out, excuse me. I do, need to Do you learn. know how comfortable it is to hold the Wii U gamepad, whatever you want to call it, the tablet? It is very comfortable. I have huge hands, so it's very comfortable in, like, to hold it and to, to use the buttons. It, it just feels great to, to hold. And uh, I'm really looking forward to playing some Smash Brothers with it, or with the GameCube controller still, which is the only way to play Smash Brothers. And yes, push up your glasses and, you know, a tote of your cigarette. <laughs> yes. All right, I will push up my glasses and... Ow! I'm not wearing my glasses. <laughs> no, that, that's the wrong way to hold the cigarette. God, <laughs> I thought you knew this. <laughs> now, uh, did you actually see the bundle that was coming out for the Wii U version? Yeah, it's uh, a game, a special Smash Brothers GameCube controller and an adapter mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, it comes with uh, the game, which is about $60. Okay. Uh, the controller, which is running... Uh, I would say 20. That's probably the amount of a GameCube controller in this day and age. And uh, the adapter, which is another 20, so that adds up to 100 bucks for the GameCube, the ability to use a GameCube controller on a system two generations ahead of it. So the ability to win. Got it. Technically. I, I'm really curious as to how the gamepad's going to feel because it's basically another GameCube controller just moving around the sticks and everything. I think it should be fine, you know. I know oh, yeah. it's I know it's going to feel a lot more comfortable because I already have a hard time holding the 3DS for long periods of time anyway. It's hard to do it with a tournament fighter like that. And uh, somebody was asking me, how's your circle pad? And mm, that's, what, know, that's, that's what I've been worried about too. Well, I've been, I've been playing it on my XL and on my capture card, which is the older 3DS. That's what I was using all night. And really, you don't need that much input to play the game well. Now, if I was a if I was a big tournament guy, yeah, just screw the 3DS version. I want a console version. But just for casual you, play... What are you trying to say, huh? I, I'm trying to say <laughs> I don't care about tournament play. I just want to play to have fun, and the 3DS works. But I don't have to break my console to have a good time, is what I'm saying. That should be for the Wii U version, actually. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll bust so many controllers. Just because I can. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe the 3DS is meant for more casual, uh, kind of in-between kind of kind of play. But uh, the real competition, the real competitive nature is going to come out in the Wii U version, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, I think you mentioned this uh, the last time we did this. It's Smash Brothers on the go. There's no problem with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, another question I got during the stream, and it also had to do with Smash Brothers, is... Do you think the 3DS version is going to hurt the sales of the Wii U version? Hurt this. Hmm. Now, I want to hear your answer first because me, honestly, I don't think it's going to hurt it at all. I think it's actually going to help it. That's actually a really good question because uh, the 3DS is outselling the Wii U like a whole bunch. So the the 3DS is going to hurt the Wii U sales, you know, of course, because... There's more 3DSs out there. There's going to be more sales of the 3DS version than the Wii U. I don't know if that's going to affect sales at all, but the numbers are certainly going to be in 3DS's favor. But maybe the Wii U will be uh, the first killer app, and it's going to sell tons and tons of consoles for, for Smash Brothers. You know, who knows? It's too early, it's kind of too early to tell at this point how much what's going to sell what. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Thinking on a marketing standpoint. Releasing the game on both consoles at different times is actually a brilliant move. And my mindset is people get the 3DS version, they get it early, but they notice there are limitations if they've played the older games. There's no way to get around limitations. So if you let them have, let's say, a taste, they get a taste of the full version, but they still, like, for example, you... You have a smaller 3DS. It's not going to play the way it was meant to be played. Because I almost guaranteed this was meant to be played on an XL. But mm-hmm. you can still play it on the smaller one. So basically, releasing it on the 3DS and releasing it early, people can get a taste of this and realize, I want to play this with a controller. I think it would have been a really dumb move if they released the Wii U version first. 
Yes, that would have been a very bad idea. Because they've been trickling in little bits of the game, bit by bit by bit. You know, first first we get uh, the the Japanese version, and then uh, we get the demo over here in America, and then the 3DS version comes out, and then the Wii U version comes out, and then the 3DS and the Wii U start connecting with one another. It's uh, just, like I said in the last episode, of Nintendo's way of adding on to their game. They're doing mm-hmm. they're doing DLC right. They're doing extra content rights. They're uh, keeping their games their games a lot pretty much i'm still playing mario kart 8 and there's still a whole bunch of people online i need to get mario kart 8 you you definitely do it's quite fun do you want do you want to actually do some videos with mario kart smash brothers when we when we all finally get our versions makes sense sure why not um going back to the topic of the marketing do you think Based on the evidence thrown here, you know, 3DS comes out first, Wii U comes out later. Will Smash Brothers? I know it's going to help sales of the Wii U, but do you think people who get the 3DS version will also get the Wii U version because of that want for the perfect control? That seems ideal. I mean, that's obviously what Nintendo wants. But the question, there's a lot of questions to ask. Do they have a Wii U? Did they like the 3DS version? Are they satisfied with just the 3DS version? Do they hate the 3DS version and want the Wii U version more? Do they hate the 3DS version and don't want the Wii U version for that? You know, a lot of people out there, a lot of opinions. It's hard to kind of group it all at once. I'm really giving kind of wish-washy answers, but you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I, I, do know some pe- I do know some people who have, who have specifically said, I'm getting a Wii U for Smash Brothers. Which, boom, console sale, game sale. That's all you need. And there's and uh, it's a good thing that it's being released right now because now the Wii U has a certain backlog of games you can get for it for new console buyers. Exactly. You've got 3D World, you've got Mario Kart 8, you've got all this other Wii U stuff go, you know, coming and what's already come. So, And along with that backlog, you got to think that equal... Like, if you sell one Wii U you have basically sold 10 other games with it as accessories. Because of that backlog, they're going, well, hey, I, I got it for Smash Brothers. That's why I wanted it. Let's take a look at what they actually have. Oh, they got they got Donkey Kong. They got Wind Waker. They've got 3D World. Look at all these games they actually have now. And they keep adding on to them, too. Well, that, too. And, of course, Mario Kart, which was actually a system seller as well. Mm-hmm. So I think Nintendo knows exactly what they're doing. It does like hurt them in the long run. You got to think this is a sacrifice to eventually come out on top. It's a it's a pretty risky business move, but like they said, they have a whole bunch of money in the bank so they can afford to start taking risks and start acquiring businesses and start trying to be a more relevant company, and I think they're doing that quite well. I'm really glad that since they dropped the whole fucking casual shtick they had in 2009, <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> Yes, uh, let's just... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. Well, it also doesn't help that third-party companies are just dropping them all together because they see the lack of system sales. They also want the most shiniest toys, too. Well, it's also the customers who are buying these shiny toys, they know they will sell their games on. It's just... Uh... It's just a, a symptom of this AAA gaming industry we live in now. You're yeah. all, developers are always going to go for the most powerful system. They're going to go for the one who has the highest demographic. You know, it's yeah. Demo- demographics it's is up. the good key word there mm-hmm. because if they know for a fa- like, uh, let's use Call of Duty as an example. It's a really easy example. On PS3 and Xbox, people play it a lot. That's an understatement. It sells billions of copies on day one. Let's, so you've got, oh, go you've ahead. got Call of you've got Call of Duty from last year. They're like, hey, that sold really well on the Xbox and PS3. So then the Xbox One and the PS4 came out. Then they're like, hey, let's sell Call of Duty on four consoles: Xbox One, the 360, PS3, and PS4. Major sales. What's the Wii U doing? It's making fun games, but it's not making selling games. Also, I think it's, it's a difference between um, the consoles themselves. I mean, if you release a game like Call of Duty or Battlefield on PS3, 360, PS4, or whatever, um, 
it's a different kind of game then. It's yeah. It's an online shooter that yeah, focuses on multiplayer. But if you put it on Wii U, what you get is a pretty decent first-person shooter. It's a different kind of game then. Like if you get right. like if you get Watch Dogs for the Wii U, you're getting a not bad open world game for the Wii U. And that's that's a uh, some that's something along the lines of this topic. The Wii U version of Watch Dogs has been pushed back and pushed back, and I even made a joke about this last time I was in GameStop. I was like, "Oh look, uh, Watch Dogs for the." It had an ad for Watch Dogs on the Wii U, and I started laughing. I was like, "Oh, it's actually coming out? Bullshit!" But apparently, it has a street date now, so it'll be coming out here soon. Cool. It's kind of too bad most people have already bought it. Played it and already deemed it as mediocre tripe. I haven't. I want to play it on the Wii U because of the functionality on the gamepad. That's all I want. That wouldn't be too bad, I guess. But yeah. That's why I was waiting for it. I was like, hey, let me get the one with the cooler aspect of it. I kind of want to get know. Arkham City for the Wii U, just for that reason. I would, too, if I didn't already have it for the 360. I actually ended up getting the bundle with Asylum and City for Christmas. It had all the DLC, and I was like, okay, I'll deal with this. Hmm. The Arkham Knight looks amazing. Speaking of uh, PS4 and Next Gen and all that, let's say we move on to, re- to recent and upcoming releases. Hmm? There, there's a lot of them. Uh-huh. Just like, ev- like every year, there are always releases. Well, of course. It'd be kind of weird if there weren't any releases. Anyway, uh, first one I got here is uh, Shadow of Mordor. What do you think about this one? It looks awesome. I haven't I haven't heard too much about it. I saw one I saw one trailer. It looked like some kind of generic stealth uh, action game, and uh, my wife was watching it with me, and she's like, "What the hell? This isn't Lord of the Rings." Barely. I mean, it it doesn't have any of the characters mm. or whatever. It's it's just It feels like a Star Wars game. Um, it takes a lot of of liberties from Assassin's Creed. And I, I've seen a couple reviews of it, and the reason I say it looks awesome is because it uses the AI to its advantage. So so basically if you're if you're fighting a bunch of dudes and apparently it has this ability where you can take over other Urukai, so it's completely like if you thought Lord of the Rings had a sense of realism, it throws all of that out the door to give you the ability to like steal souls from Orakai. Huh. It, it's it's really weird. Well, it doesn't but, feel like Lord of the Rings then. Well, it's it takes place between the end of the Hobbit and before the Fellowship, so huh. it's another side story. So it's like now, the uprising of Mordor and all that. It, kinda. It's it's. I, I haven't actually played it myself, but from what I've seen, one of the bigger aspects is the fact that the AI changes. Like, the further you get to completing a mission, the more the AI will change. So let's say, for example, you're fighting a big old army of dudes. There's a captain you're trying to kill. And the reason I mention Assassin's Creed is because there's stealth kills all over the place, and it looks exactly like it, <laughs> just with a coat of paint on it. But, um, so you're going after this captain... You kill the captain, but immediately after that, another Orakai that was right behind you went up like three ranks. So suddenly he becomes a tougher dude, but as you're trying to hunt him down, another guy becomes like a, a captain or something like that. So they continuously gain ranks because they're actually killing the lower... They're killing the higher ranks to become the higher rank themselves, just like the monster that they are. So it's kind of cool how they continuously shift their ranks, and then your target changes almost immediately. That's kind of interesting, actually. It feels like, it feels like it's, it's a mo- uh, more organic experience. Yeah, and I think one of the major complaints is it was too easy, because you can pull off combos Assassin's Creed style, so you're killing dudes left and right. Well, yeah, but... What's this nemesis system I keep hearing about? The nemesis system... I think that's just the the ranking system. Oh, well. Like, oh, okay. It's like, you, you'll, um... I, honestly, I couldn't tell you in, until I've actually played it. Uh, but I, do, I am interested in it. 
Well, I'll probably pick it up for PS4, you know, when I eventually get one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing about Shadow of Mordor is the Orukai actually have personalities. So let's say you chop off an arm of one of the dudes. He'll remember you in the next battle. He'll say, Ah, oh, you enjoying my arm? Or something to that extent. I thought that was pretty clever. I was trying to think of a pun here, but my wife went blank. I couldn't arm myself with one. Let me give you a hand with that. Bravo. <laughs> so you think one of the uh, emotions of one of the Urukai is like uh, Tsundere? It's not like I want to do battle with you, B-b-baka! Dig Dog Mall, Baka! You're a terrible person, and you know it, don't you? I know it. <laughs> well, why don't we leave uh, Shadow of Mordor on that wonderful, uplifting note and start talking about a game that also was released recently, Alien Isolation. Wasn't that released yet, uh talking in our time yesterday it's either yesterday today tomorrow sometime this week last week whatever either way it's on store shelves somewhere and apparently it's pretty good that's also what i've heard this is really weird to have simultaneous good releases what's going on here especially from franchises that have not had the best of releases you know not every lord of the rings game is great Uh, there's the the devastating aliens colonial marines last year the year before. Yeah, that's why nobody had high hopes for this one, but apparently magic has been done here. Yeah, because it they went back to its survival horror. <gasps> what what's that? Uh, apparently, apparently it's this thing where okay, okay. where where uh okay, so you have these enemies that are kind of uh-huh. hard to kill and you have uh-huh. very limited resources and <gasps> sometimes it's okay not to engage with the enemy. <gasps> what? That's, that's that's incredible. And get this, there's manual save points. Manual what? save points? What the hell? What? You're kidding. Not only that, but the alien has this really advanced AI because it's thinking, it's listening. Every move you make, like, it it knows where you are, so it's always looking for you. So there's always this tense atmosphere when you're running around, and it kind of looks really awesome. I know. And you'll never hear me say that about a movie franchise video game. I almost can't believe that something like this is being made from a movie franchise, actually. I know, that's what that's what kills me, because I'm looking at all these reviews and I'm going, oh, the new Aliens game came out. I wonder what everybody thinks of it. Wow, they actually like it. Alien was supposed to be about, you know, sort of abject fear and terror, not only from what, from what's actually happening, from but from psychological fear as well. That's kind of what the first film was about. And I think that this... That this has captured it quite quite well, I think. It's a it's, it's a film with suspense, and it uses it very well. You don't see the monster until later. I think that's like my favorite thing about horror. It's it's not you know seeing gross things or screaming, but it's the, it's uh, that tense feeling you get whenever you see something like that. Your heart starts pounding. You start breathing heavily. You know, it's kind of like when you're playing Five Nights at Freddy or the chainsaw scenes in Resident Evil Four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm oh, talking about. Wow. The, you know those parts where your ass just starts to sweat and you're giggling and you're shaking and he's like, "Ooh, this is fun! Ooh, this is so much fun!" The endorphins start kicking in. That's that's the fun kind of horror, not like the kind where you you just see someone get tortured and start screaming for an hour and a half. That's just unpleasant. It we we call that in the business a uh, torture porn. Yeah, and I fully agree with the the objective of horror is not to gross you out, but to make you unnerved. To make you think. Right. And the only example I can think of that did this flawlessly was the Halloween, the first Halloween movie. Let's let's say that. Because I always thought of suspense as the concept of background horror. You Let's say a regular scene is going on and you see something in the background. You know it's there. You know something's coming, but when? That when, that passage of time, is what gets people with suspense. 
it slows everything down and gives you a chance to build the scene and it gives you a chance to, it, it gives you a chance to start thinking what's going to happen and when if it will happen I used an example of that in my Halloween review of Salad Fingers. It was in the final scene where you uh, you killed me. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, the concept of you see it, you know it's there, but what the hell is going to happen? That was fun beating you on the head with that thing. Shut up. It, it's a good thing that thing was made of styrofoam and tape. We had to do multiple takes, too. <laughs> and uh, I think the the final take we went with, and probably the best one because of my reaction and how it all played out, was I I told you I was like, I want you to hit me, I want you to hit me hard, because one I know it won't hurt, and two it'll look goddamn convincing. Okay. What's only one? Oh God, I'm dead again. So is that a cut? (laughs) People complain that I die too much. Yeah, you fucking loser. Quit dying so much. (laughs) What what did I, uh, what did I say to one of the comments? They they were being, like, really snarky. They were like, oh, you died again? Come on, don't you do this, like, every other week? So I immediately responded back saying, it's okay, I'm dead, it won't happen again. I can only do it once. <laughs> exactly, and yet I've done it like three times now. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, move on to our next uh, recent release, Destiny. And the only reason I say eh is because I've played Halo before, but apparently it's more than that. It doesn't look that interesting. I mean, oh, yeah, sure, it looks fantastic, but what's the point of being amazed by such vast, wonderful skyboxes where I'm not invested at all. Yeah, apparently the story is pretty milk toast. I mean, that's why Skyrim was so different. That also had pretty graphics, but it also had a story that, you know, you carved yourself. You were living right. in this world because you were the dragonborn. You were traversing this world and saving these towns and trenching all these caves but in Destiny he was doing it just because that's the thing that you're supposed to be doing when you want to move on in the game. Well, you also have to think that this is also technically an online RPG. God, not, uh, not Skyrim, but Destiny because you can level up you can defeat a, ton, a bunch of dudes you can, you can customize your weapons you can do all this but I'm just thinking what's the point? Because they got fancy online features and they want to make everybody connected, but it's not handled well. Like, the the first time I saw Destiny, I was thinking, okay, where's the rest of it? Like, I need more. My impressions of Destiny that I thought it was going to be like this really, really super vast, almost Minecraft-like, open-world roguelike kind of thing, you know, where... Uh, it had, this had this really, really, really vast open world. It's full of details, full of caverns and holes, and these... I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be a huge map and all that, but I guess it's just some generic open world first-person shooter that people were expecting better things from. I'm sure there's more to it, but I'm definitely waiting for a price drop. I don't need Destiny. The thing is, when you have a, a name like Bungie with the power of Activision behind them, you expected something more. What do you got with something just safe and digestible? I I totally agree with that. And that's a problem with AAA games these days. You're you're just not getting invested. Yeah. You're, you're not you're not like getting that wow factor. Unlike this other game, Mortal Kombat X, which looks fucking awesome. I'm well, I was never a fan of the Mortal Kombat series growing up. Me neither. Not because of the violence, but because I couldn't play them. I didn't like the controls too much, and. Uh, Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I love the character design. I love the whole uh, dark fantasy look that it has, but... I mean, I, I love Mortal Kombat, but I never liked playing it, but... Well, when I saw gameplay of this new one, the new Quan Chi trailer, I thought it, I about dropped my jaw. It looked so good. It looked dynamic. It looked cinematic. It looked fucking great. I actually haven't seen that trailer yet. 
what really got me, I know it's really small and really, really kind of, man, whatever. It's the way that they walk in. Their intros. Like their, their intros? Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very smooth and dynamic, and they even react to one another. Hmm. In the, I like that. In the trailer, uh, Quan Chi is fighting Kano. Quan Chi comes... <laughs> Quan Chi actually comes in on a horse. He just trots in on a horse, and he, and he gets down. And then uh, Kano comes up and says, Do your worst, sorcerer. And then Quan Chi gets out his swords. I will do my worst. <laughs> That's and, good. And then, and then from that, the camera zooms back out, and then the action starts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really cool about next-gen graphics. The idea of seamless transition between cutscene to gameplay. That's why I like Metal Gear Solid 4 so much, because they did that too. Yes, yes. And uh, the one thing that caught me about Mortal Kombat X was actually the first trailer. Because I'm looking at the trailer, and I notice it, it goes to the, the 2D angle. Where, you know, uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are fighting. And I'm going, if this is gameplay... This is probably the most beautiful, gory mess I have ever seen. And then they actually showed a Honest God gameplay trailer, and I was going, oh, this looks so pretty! Have you seen any fatalities yet? Yes. Ah. I have. <laughs> Those are always the best part. I, um, I think I remember when uh, E3 showed off Mortal Kombat 9, and they showed, um, oh, who's, who's the guy with the hat? The, the razor blade hat. Kung Lao. Uh, Kung Lao. That was the one they showed for E3, uh, mm. turning it into a buzzsaw and pulling your opponent towards it. And every, you could hear the people in the crowd, they go, oh! Especially the guys. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the campy appeal of Mortal Kombat, and I'm glad that it never really, well, often went over that, that line. I noticed that we, we complain about, you know, horror that's all, you know, blood and guts, but then we're like, yeah, Mortal Kombat! Because there's a campiness to it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's over-the-top, impossible violence, and I know it, you know it, the creators know it, the fans know it, so what do they deliver? Can't be over-the-top gore. There's no way your heart can fall down when you pull a hole in your chest like that. No, what's it? Yeah. that doesn't happen. You can't break somebody's neck and they get back up like nothing happened. No. Exactly. It, it does... You but I'll do it again! <laughs> exactly. You can see all that pain in the newest Mortal Kombat's with the not only the X-ray mode, but just the fact that when you hear a bone snap, you just go, oh, God. I think they perfected that fighting engine with Injustice, Gods Among Us, because I know people had their issues with it, but I kind of liked it. Me too. Especially, and, uh, especially when you're playing with somebody. Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, uh, I have a funny story about that. Um, last Thanksgiving, my cousins and I were... Uh, sitting down playing and they had Injustice and I was like oh I've never played it so they're like oh yeah come on let's go ahead and play and I got destroyed I I, th- I thought I knew 2D fighters and then they, they came in and they were like oh, what you here I'll even play as Aquaman and then Aquaman kicks my ass three ways to Sunday and I was like okay okay you have to, let me, you let have me to unlearn like a... typical fighters to do Injustice because it works differently exactly it's got uh, background attacks which I found out very quickly are very hurtful, mm-hmm. and uh, just the the quote unquote heroic brutalities are really cool. It's a cool game. It is. It's much better than Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe. I'll tell you that much. That was an experiment. Let's say that. Mortal Kombat was obviously an experiment to bring back Mortal Kombat. See if it worked. Then they perfected their fighting engine with Injustice, and now they're going to give us what they think is Mortal Kombat fully realized in the form of Mortal Kombat X. Should be ten. I don't know why it's X, but whatever. So I'm thinking. Run with it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Next gen only. I hope because you can't let those graphics go to waste on the PS3 or Xbox 360. I have no problem with games still being released for those because a lot of people still have those. A lot of people still can't, you know, get the next gen consoles. A lot of people still play their PS3s, so it's good right. to keep it's good to keep those systems going for a while, so that way you don't alienate customers, especially when there's no backwards goddamn compatibility. What the fuck? Well, they actually explain that with you know they're upgrading. They've upgraded the the disc reader so much that it can't read common Blu-rays. So common the the, the new fire. like future technology they're using for the PS4 discs, it, it might be like you know infused with the blood of a two-headed serpent or something like that. They're using this ultra supercomputer that can't read PS3 discs. 
Go figure. And yet, the Xbox One still can't run 20 frames per second. Ah. Actually, that brings up an interesting point. Xbox One finally is able to read Blu-rays, right? Yeah, I, I, I think. I don't, I don't know. Why can't it read the DVDs the 360 games were printed on? That's a good question. Because, uh, I don't know about you, but my PS3 can play both Blu-rays and DVDs. Mine, too. You think that mm. the transition, you know, you think it would be a little bit easier for Microsoft to go backwards compatible than, uh, P- than Sony with the PS4, but I guess yeah. not. Hey, why do we talk about a console that does have backwards compatibility? The Wii U, with our latest, our, our uh, last thing, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it real quick, uh, Bayonetta 2. Which isn't out yet as of this recording, but it's I still coming, have high, high it, hopes for it. It's out in Japan, and it's going to be coming soon here. There's a problem. What's that? It's not doing well. <gasps> oh, no. Now, that's not going to deter me from getting it, but this was like the killer app at the time when it was announced. See, they they announced it. They were like, hey, guess what? Bayonetta 2. Yay! Hey, guess what? Wii U exclusive. Bullshit. They were just upset because it doesn't have the same kind of power that the first Bayonetta had. But hey, you either got Bayonetta 2 on the Wii U, or you didn't get it at all. Correct. And probably one of the funniest things is Bayonetta 1 comes packaged with 2. So now you can play both of them on the Wii U. But it's better on the 360 PS3. Uh, I I have yet to play it. I barely played any of Bayonetta. I still have it somewhere around here. So maybe I'll give it another shot on the Wii U because I'm getting the second one, which means I'm getting the first one on disc. That's what sold me immediately. They said, you're going to get a disc version of Bayonetta 1 for the Wii U. I was like, yep. Not, Mine. not this bullshit. Oh, here's a voucher. Go online and get a couple of megabytes of data. No, I no, no, no. Here is that. here is a disc for you, motherfuckers. And I think you also get a a digital download of the soundtrack, which again sold me. You got me. Have you heard why it isn't doing good? Because it's on Wii U. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> That's not a reason! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, Ocarina uh, of Time was the greatest game of all time, but seeing how it's on the N64, <laughs> I think it's crap now. Mm, <laughs> yes. Mm, they brought it back in the 3DS, and then it became the best game on the 3DS. Mm, but if they made, the But game. if they made it for the PS4, then it would be the best. On PS4. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I actually haven't heard any specific reasons. Why isn't it doing good? I think it's just because of some graphical issues. You know, those... Oh, those, so what? Oh, the frame rate dips every now and then, you know. maybe it, the, it doesn't It doesn't fully run at 60 frames per second at 1080p all the time. Oh, no. Some people are fucking spoiled, I'll tell you what. Entitled. No shit. Ugh. And uh, speaking of uh, high definition, did you hear what YouTube's going to be doing here soon? Oh, God, not 4K. 60 frames per second. Oh, okay. That's fine. And also 40k and also 4000. Ah, <laughs> See like like I I saw a screenshot of people who were able to test it. And you know, you got your regulars, you got um what is it? 180, 240, uh 360, I guess that doesn't make any sense, but anyway, it goes to 720 then 1080. And then I saw like 1430. And then it just kept going up until it got to 4000. Like Jesus Christ. How how can anybody even make a video that looks that clean? It, the, it's just really, 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 really fucking huge resolution. And I'm, th- yeah. and I'm thinking, why would you want to go that? I think 4K is way, way too far. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who thinks that 720p on Blu-ray looks just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think it looks eye-bleedingly realistic and amazing as it does. Going 4K just seems like too much of a leap too soon. Like 3D TVs. <laughs> Actually, I have a funny story about a 3D TV. When I worked at GameStop, we had one 3D TV. When I started working there, it was th- uh, 
four hundred bucks. The three D TV. A three D TV, yes. Four hundred bucks. It was about the size of my TV, which is about a thirty-two inch. Four hundred bucks. Four hundred bucks. Because it was the one that came out with the PS3. Uh, or, uh Yeah, it was old. So it had probably gone down like four hundred bucks since it had come out. So it went up four hundred bucks, and then Black Friday went down to three hundred. And before I left, I was actually going to buy it because it went down to two fifty. <laughs> and uh, two years later, I come back to GameStop and I go, "So do you guys still have that three D TV?" And they're like, "No, thank God, somebody bought it for a hundred and fifty dollars," which was one hundred forty nine dollars too much. I don't know if there was an ability to turn it off and on. I think it would be a really cool TV. Yeah, I guess. Well, alrighty. While we were uh, looking up for topics to talk about in this episode, you said you had a uh, surprise mystery topic. Right. And I suppose it has to do more with me than you, but... Uh, oh, whatever. What are you playing right now? What am I playing right now? Yeah. Well, I played a whole bunch of crap uh, today. I mean, uh, since, I, since I don't have Smash Brothers, I've been playing Mario Kart 8. That's always fun. Play me some Senran Kagura Burst on 3DS. Oh, man. In between Bravely Default. Have you not played that game yet? Nope. You love AR technology, right? I do. I want you to go over right now, get, get your 3DS, go get Bravely <laughs> Default, and put it... No, it is the opening cutscene. You will love AR technology that much more, and maybe even get invested in the game. Just try it for me. Go do it. Like, you know what? Right now. Go do it right now. Nah, it'll take too much time. I'll do it later. Right now! Nope, not right now. Okay, fine. Like I said, I'll do it later. I've noticed the the similarities and differences between our game collections. Basically, if I have it, you have it too. But recently... It has been diverting so much. Mm-hmm. Like... You've been getting more games than I have because I have, like, bills to pay, like food and insurance and shit like that. I do, too. I'm just a spoiled brat. Basically, I am the person who collects, does not finish. And it is a very sad addiction because starting... Sep- uh, actually, in August... There were multiple games that I was looking forward to that I wanted to play. The first one was Layton vs. Eighth Attorney. I'm still working on it. I've so already slowly beat, but I've already surely, I'm getting there. I, I know, and that's why I wanted to bring this up, because you almost beat it in, like, two weeks. It, it took me a while. It's, it's a pretty long game. I'll keep that in mind. I clocked in about 25 hours, exactly. Oh, jeez. Wow. Now, because of course I'm a fast, I'm a fast ass reader though. So, well, so am I. So, let's playing visual novels might be weird. But, um, that was the that was basically the only thing on your itinerary for a while. Because I waited four <laughs> goddamn years for it. <laughs> exactly. You and they you never were, gave you, me a release date until er- earlier this year. Those motherfuckers. Right. And I am glad that it did come out this year, but I'm not glad at the time frame. Because that came out, and then a week after, Neptunia came out for me. And that's something I was looking forward to. So I was like, cool, I've got something to play on my 3DS and my Vita, handhelds unite, this is going to be great. But then a week after, Danganronpa 2 came out. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess I'll put Neptunia on hold and play the the sequel to the best visual novel I've played in a long time. And now, I've been working on those three, and then Smash Brothers came out. And it's been going so, on like this for years. It has. Because of how many consoles I own, I can never keep up with the things I want to play. So literally... I buy games to have them sit on a shelf in plastic wrap. I have a hard time finishing games. I mean, like, I'll get, like, about six-eighths the way through a game, and then I just can't bring myself to finish it. Now, here's an interesting thought. I I do that with books, too. I don't know. It's like, I don't want it to be over. 
because I like the game so much. I still haven't beat I still haven't beat Nino Kuni, but I'm pretty much like at the end. I still haven't beat uh, Pokemon Y, but I'm at the fi- I'm at the Elite Four pretty much. <laughs> so you're basically Professor Calamitous. <laughs> See, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I need to finish well, that. I... Uh, uh, what do you call that thing? No, uh, 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 video game. I wish I could do a Tim Curry impression, but I'm nowhere close. I've been working on my Malcolm McDowell impression. Do it. I want to hear it. Now, you see, the thing is, you need to focus on your voice very precisely. Because if you don't, things will happen. Do you want some of my caviar in my mansion? Damn it, why haven't you played Bravely Default yet? (laughs) You, 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 You are mad. For that exact reason. That was another one that was on my list. I was like... That looks awesome. I gotta play it. Oh, look what else came out. I, I swear I have ADD sometimes. Remember when I said the last story was the greatest Final Fantasy game released in years? Yeah. I was wrong. It's Brave Default. Something one-upped it. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> I think uh, Bravely Default has better characters. I can see that. Better gameplay, too. I can also see that. It's, Bra- it's kind of like... Uh, Bravely Default harkens back to Final Fantasy IV. Which I really liked. The last story harkens back to Final Fantasy IX. Ten. Around there. Kind of a little bit of eight, too. I haven't played any of those. Obviously, Bravely Default harkens the finer memories. And also, it pushes the DS to its very limits. I mean... Every little thing the DS can do, Bravely Default finds a way to do it. Hmm. It's really it's really cool, and seriously, play it after you're done recording this episode. I'll give it a look. And uh, will you be picking up the sequel when it comes stateside, if it does? Absolutely. All right. That's. I think that's the first time I've ever asked you, are you going to pick up a sequel, and you said yes. I mean, apart from... I guess I should say this is the first time I've ever heard you want to pick up a sequel to an RPG. Well, that's well. Uh, I appreciate when teams put a lot of work into stuff. And uh, I think that mm. they, they did that with Bravely Default, and I think they're going to do it with the second one. It's not like Tales of Symphonia, one of my absolute favorite RPGs of all time, you know, for the GameCube. And then they were, they had a sequel for the Wii. I was, I was jazz. I was excited as hell. Oh my god, they're making a sequel to Symphonia. Then I played it, and oh my god, it sucked. It sucked, <laughs> sucked, sucked so hard. Holy Lloyd crap. Lloyd Irving is the bad guy. Ah. Lloyd Irving is a bad guy. Here, we replaced uh, this cool, charismatic character with this whiny, bullshitty... Split personality with this emo, angry, angsty guy all the time. Bullshit, no nothing guy called Emil, who I call Lime, because Emil is Lime backwards. Oh, God. And then you got this stupid romance attached to it, and then just everything that was good about the game just cut, snap, just. <laughs> but it's a buzz cut. They buzz cut the game, and it's just. Oh, that's so bad, but I don't so think I don't think you... Bravely Default will fall into that category because this looks like a team that really tries to make good RPGs instead of making, you know, another installment of another RPG. I don't know, whatever. So, would you agree that love kills all games? <laughs> I think. I mean, think about it. I think that love is not done very well in games because it's kind of hard to. We haven't had a Titanic yet for gaming. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I get N- nothing. I, maybe to the moon to an extent. Maybe a few other, you know, really tragic games maybe. out there. But uh, you haven't had any, you know, definitive romance game yet that isn't a dating sim or anything stupid. Right. So how about the third game of Project Rainfall? It, it's slipping my mind. It was the one you were playing for a while. Pandora's Tower. Yes. Did did you kind of consider that a lovey-dovey game? That, mm-hmm. eh, something like that. I would consider that... Yeah, no, yeah, no, that works, yeah. Uh, Pandora's Tower is a pretty good example of romance in a game because it focuses on... It's been so long since I played it. I should pick that up again. That game's actually kind of fun. But um, mm-hmm. uh, it's about this girl who 
turns into a demon every night. The only way to do that is to feed her <laughs> live, dripping demon flesh to quell yes. to quell the curse. And uh, I guess it's like a it's a journey between the two of you because uh, you know her it's her journey to survive this curse and your journey to traverse these towers and get this special flesh that can help cure get rid of this curse. And uh, you know, you build your relationship up from the from the ground up pretty much. It's uh, it's fun. Go pick it up. I have. Oh. And going along with tradition, I still haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, I I really I simultaneously love looking at my collection and hate looking at it. Do you know how many games because I have I go- in my collection I haven't put in my console yet? Huh? Do you know? None. Uh, one, Halo Two, <laughs> because I bought it at a at a used games uh, store to get a game get games for my 360. And I don't have the driver to play Xbox games anymore. I don't even have the 360 anymore. <laughs> oh, really? You got rid of it? Because they're both dead. Oh, right. And I haven't got another one because I haven't missed it. That's interesting, because. I keep my 360 around. That's probably the biggest library I have in my collection is 360 games. And right now it's just sitting there. Gonna play my PS3 a lot more. Me too. Have you, have you noticed how, you know, back in high school we were all like pro 360 because it had Dead Rising, it had Halo 3, it had Gears of War, it had all of these games that were really fun. And then as soon as we got PS3s, we were like, Xbox what? Xbox, huh? Huh? I think it also hinged on one thing: whether Blu-ray or HD DVD won over. Yeah. I think if HD DVD won over, uh, the game would be a lot different. I can see that. The another thing was probably PS3 didn't have that good of a start, and then it just got blockbusters out of nowhere. I think Uncharted Two was the start of the good PS3 era. I, I was just about to mention Uncharted. It, uh, like, the first one came out, and they're like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And then Uncharted 2 came out, and that changed everything. Yeah, because it was dynamic. It was cinematic. I think uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 kind of start, also started it, but then Uncharted 2 just pff, solidified it. Well, I, I even remember looking at, I think it was a game trailer's review of Metal Gear Solid 4 when it first came out, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is next-generation graphics right here. This is Metal Gear Solid 4. This is the end of the story. I need a PS3. Blown away. And right at the end of the PS3's life cycle, The Last of Us came out, which, uh, if, if I thought 2008 graphics looked good, <gasps> oh my god. And that's, that's just what a PS3 can do. And then they upgraded The Last of Us on PS4. I haven't seen any footage yet, but I'm sure it looks stunning. It looks all right. I, I'm actually curious. That might be one of the games I pick up for the PS4 because I haven't finished the PS3 version. Might as well get the definitive one and trade in the old one. It's really hard for me to keep playing depressing games because I don't feel the will to go on anymore. <laughs> That's why I haven't finished well, The Walking Dead. That's why I don't really like Fallout 3. <laughs> That's why I haven't finished The Last of Us yet. I'm just like, man, I'm going to Katamari. Everything's colorful and bouncy and vibrant there. <laughs> My safe escape. Katamari Damacy, take me. Why do you think I play all this like stupid, stupid cutesy anime shit? It makes me happy because all the other, all these next generation games make me so sad that I'm alive because I'm killing everybody. So Moe is your antidepressant. It is my anti-drug. It is my antidepressant. And then I play Danganronpa where everybody kills each other. And then- so it's basically the polar opposite of what I normally play. And that's why I love it. Well, that's great. You should get to some playing some games then. Yeah, I'm I'm very close. As soon as I finish Danganronpa, I'm hitting Leighton versus Eight's Attorney until I finish it, and then I'm gonna go back and finish Yoshi's New Island. Uh. <laughs> I'm on the last world. I've got like five levels left, and as soon as Leighton versus Eight's Attorney came out, I even posted a Vine on how much contempt I had for Yoshi's New Island. I saw that one. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're running a little over an hour here. Got anything in closing you want to say? Okay, well, uh, 
Uh, Moe <laughs> Moe is the best anti drug you can have. All right. Well, as for me, I've, I've got Oka- I'm going to be working on Okami season two. I'm going to probably have oh, videos coming. Yeah, up. I, yeah, I'm going to have videos coming up. Probably I'm going to shoot for every weekday, Monday through Friday. But you know how that works for me. So hey. All right. What do you got? That's uh, that's actually something I can I can bring up now. I can actually say it. What? Uh, probably by the time you all hear this. The first episode of Dead Rising will have gone up. Yes! It is finally time. And by the way, I gotta say, looking, like, editing it together, <laughs> that was probably some of the funniest lines I've ever heard us say. Well, I'm glad we got some good <laughs> stuff coming then. Yes, I'm so glad. And uh, for those of you listening, I don't know if I actually said it in the video that they're probably going to be around 30 to 45 minutes long a piece, possibly. I might trim them down a bit, but just know that Dead Rising, because it's so big, because there's so much to do and so much I can miss, it's probably only going to be updated on the weekends, probably one to two episodes a weekend. There's no freaking way I could do Dead Rising every day of the week, not even every other day, and have us both like be on it all the time. You gotta give us a break in between. So, please be patient. I want Dead Rising to be good, so I'm gonna take as much time as I need, so please and thank you. And also Star Fox. That's happening, too. And Spyro 3 is almost done. I've got, like, five episodes left. Alright. It's all coming together. Alright, well, thanks a lot for sticking around for the Orange Peripheral episode, The Deuce. We'll see you next time for Orange Peripheral episode, The Trace. We are still OP. (laughs) 